Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. The Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for friends sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Bonnie Chow, who will talk about burnout and how to avoid it or recover from it. Bonnie is a Melbourne-based holistic dietitian who helps women in business to feel healthy and normal again using food as medicine. She uses a holistic approach to health care using diet, lifestyle therapies, stress management, and mindset in preventing and treating chronic health conditions. When Bonnie is not assisting her clients with their health, she's working on developing her extrovert characteristics as she's a natural introvert. So it's amazing that she's here with us today. And when she's not in her clinic, she is traveling and exploring places around the world. One of her favorite places being Japan. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. So Japan, when was the last time you were in Japan? Oh, two years ago, actually. Yeah, I'm definitely missing it right now. <laughs> yeah, have you, have, you, have you been a few times? Yeah, I've been there twice. Once in 2014 and one at the end of 2017. And both times I just love it. Something about the culture and the food. You just get so immersed and like absorbed in it. It's lovely. Yeah, I haven't been, but it's definitely one of my places. I remember, I think I was watching like Jetstar and it was like two for one. And I was like, do I go? Do I not go? I wish I went, especially looking at the situation right now. I should have just gone. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm imagining myself on a plane, like, out of Melbourne, like it's it's kind of getting that to that point. <laughs> yeah, I feel you a hundred percent. I feel you. Well, I'm 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 in Geelong, so we're not as hectic as you guys in Melbourne. Oh, that's are. awesome. But it's definitely something that is impacting me. So I can't wait to travel again, and and Japan is definitely on my list. Definitely put it on there. You love so it. So I got to get I got to get in touch with you to get some pointers. <laughs> awesome. So Bonnie, you're a holistic dietitian, right? So I want to know what was your journey like what has been the key turning points to get you to where you are now i mean now you've got your own business you're a holistic dietitian you're assisting all of these beautiful women um, and men in their life journeys but what has been your journey to get you there yeah so i i wasn't always quite um this healthy and this holistic because um i guess growing up i was quite unwell um i grew up with a lot of chronic um, chest infections, so a lot of upper respiratory, so sinus, lung, chest, um, so lots and lots of infections. And so we treated that mainly through a lot of antibiotic use because I guess my parents are migrant parents. Um, like they came from Hong Kong um, and they didn't know English very well. And so with the healthcare system, they really trusted in it. In it. So whenever I did get sick, I would go straight to the GP and they will hand me out a course of antibiotics. And I would say that I would be on over easily 20 courses in my lifetime. Over. Wow. Uh, wow. It was just a freaking thing for me. And I just never got better. And it got super frustrating. Um, And then I think I got a little bit older um, and I started paying more attention to my nutrition because I wasn't really developing as fast as my other peers. I'm like, hmm, I'm quite short. I'm still very small and people were pointing that out to me and I, and I realized maybe it's got something to do with my food because, um, again, as my parents were migrants, my mom was working a lot um, 
definitely hustling, making that dollar. And so I would be eating a lot of processed food. So I think that was the main reason why I wasn't developing. But then I started changing up my nutrition by myself and I started seeing all these changes. Like for one, a lot of the chronic, um, I guess, upper respiratory infections, like I didn't need to use antibiotics. Um, and I started growing and I thought it was incredible. And I thought, hey, this is massive. Like if, if food is doing this to me, I'm going to look this up. And you start to like do your little Google search as a kid. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into, I guess, um, nutrition and natural medicine. And yeah, I started, I studied a bachelor of human nutrition. And then I, um, and then I traveled for a little bit and then I got into my master's of dietetics. So now I'm a holistic, holistic dietitian. <laughs> Okay. Wow. That, that's amazing. So you, so how old were you when you actually started changing your diet? You're saying, Ooh, I might've been 14 or 15. And that was meant to be like the, the puberty time as well. And I think cause everyone else was taller and they all start developing like at the normal rate. That's how I perceived it. And that's thought, that's when I thought I would take matters into my own hands. And yeah, and I didn't realize how, how dramatic it was just using nutrition. Yeah. And that's huge for a 14 and 15 year old to just be like, I'm just going to change my diet. Most 14, I remember when I was 14 and 15, like I didn't think about changing my diet or thinking about bettering myself. So that's absolutely amazing that at such a young age, you wanted to evolve and better yourself and you found nutrition helped. So then you decided to study it. So it was your own drivers that got you to study nutrition. Is that right? Oh, totally. But also I guess watching my mom, um, go through a lot of chronic disease, like mm. con- chronic conditions as well. She had um, type 2 diabetes. Um, she had chronic reflux, like always she would have like this burning sensation and mm. um, be in discomfort. And then she would be, she, would, she also has um, thalassemia minor. So she has um, lower levels of hemoglobin and red blood cells. So she would get fatigued very easily. Oh, wow. So yeah. watching, watching your mum get so tired all the time and yet the doctor kept prescribing her the Nexium, the type 2 diabetes medication. It kind of got too much. And I thought, hey, if I could get better, I wonder if I could help my mom as well. So that kind of led me into this rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. And your mom must be thankful to have you now, huh? (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's doing really well. She's like, she's got so much more energy now. It's great. (laughs) I know. I see her her on Instagram and I'm like, wow, look at her go. I love it. I absolutely love it. That is absolutely amazing. And, And you said you're a holistic dietitian what what is a holistic dietitian yeah so um having a holistic approach to wellness it's not just about me handing you a um a diet plan and send you off your way it's actually really um comprehensive like um getting getting to know you getting to know your likes and dislikes um how are you coping with stress like are you sleeping okay um how are your bowel habits um have you have you worked through any past trauma? Because this is where it gets really holistic. Because um, I guess if, if mindset isn't kind of up to scratch, you're going to be held back, especially as an as a entrepreneur, as your own business owner. Mindset is super important. And I guess that's one of another turning point for myself. My journey was um, changing from a lack mindset to a growth and abundant mindset. Because like I said, with my parents being migrants, a lot of it was like a scarcity um, mentality. Like, you know, you got to hustle, you got to, you know, work, like work really hard to get the dollar. You know, you got to save your pennies and everything. So it was really hard for me to kind of grow out of that limited mindset and to, to grow my own business. It took a lot of faith 
um, it took a lot of courage to actually get to the point where I am now. And I'm so grateful that I did. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I can totally relate to you because um, I myself, my family, we came to Australia as refugees. So I can totally relate to that scarcity mindset and just being like, oh, what's, when's the next pay coming in? What's on sale? What are we eating? And things like that. So it's amazing that you saw that opportunity and turned it into something so beautiful now that you're able to use nutrition and help others with that. So I love that. I love that. So as this podcast is all about health and business um, and success, I wanted to find out, um, we talk a lot about success. I wanted to find out what does success look like for Bonnie? What's success for you? Yeah, well, I definitely think doing what you love and getting paid well for it, that would be an, my ultimate meaning of success. Um, and also because I value health and wellness so much, um, I guess living fully without illness and disease because I've, I've seen some really sick elderly people and some really healthy elderly people. And definitely I don't think genetics is um, the reason for you to buckle down and take it, take, take it ease. You can actually make a lot of choices and feel empowered. And also just going to bed and feeling fulfilled. Like you've had a really good day and you're just really happy with your choices. That's my definition of success. I love that. I love that feeling at night when you just fall asleep and you're like, ah, oh, that was an amazing day. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. So you said, um, so let's get into today's topic. We're going to talk about professional burnout. Um, so it's such an interesting topic. Not a lot of people talk about it because it has different sides to it, right? But how we're going to talk about professional burnout, how to avoid it and how to recover from it. So to start off, what is burnout? Like what are the signs and symptoms and how can one become diagnosed with professional burnout? Yeah. So the World Health Organization classifies burnout as an occupational phenomenon. However, it's not classified as a medical condition. Okay. It's actually a syndrome that results from chronic workplace related stress that is unsuccessfully managed. So your signs and symptoms would include chronic fatigue or exhaustion, needing stimulants for energy such as caffeine, energy drinks, carbohydrate-rich foods or medications, uh, inability to concentrate or focus, feeling irritable, um, having loss of patience or mood instability, uh, or you might be using food, drugs or alcohol to feel better or to simply not feel. There might be changes to your sleeping habits. Or you might be experiencing unexplained headaches, digestive problems, or even physical, other physical symptoms like joint pains and aches. So these would be the short-term short side effects. However, the long-term side effects of chronic stress and unmanaged burnout include weight gain, insomnia, mood disorders such as anxiety and depression, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. And I guess to answer your question of how it gets diagnosed, because burnout isn't classified as a medical condition, it's actually a cluster of symptoms from overexertion that is usually self-diagnosable. So broadly speaking, it's characterized by feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from your work or feelings of negativity related to your job or reduced professional efficiency. Mm -hmm. And. When you mentioned those signs and symptoms, I just thought about when I used to work in an office and a pro, you know professional, um, being a professional, you know, uh, I was thinking about it, and that was literally everyone. 
what you just said, the sign and symptoms, I can, I just imagine myself looking around and being like, you, 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 you. It was literally everyone. So a lot of individuals are burnt out. Would you, would you say the same? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, definitely agree, especially with in the entrepreneurial world. Um, when, when you're working your own hours, it's so flexible and it can be so easy to have that, you know, your availability times blurred. Like, when, I, when, I, when do you start? When do you finish? Should I keep working? Um, I need to keep going. I need to meet people. I need to meet deadlines. And there's a lot of expectations that we put on ourselves, don't we? Because at the end of the day, it's our business. It's our, it's our passion. It's our obsession, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, you're so right. You can just kind of be like, oh, I'll just work till 10 p.m. It'll be fine. Or I'll just work till... And, and one that's, more hour is fine. <laughs> yeah, one more hour. What's one more hour going to do, you know? Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, professional burnout, either if you are working a nine-to-five job or if you have your own business, it could be similar. And, and the signs and symptoms are exactly the same and you can reach that burnout at any stage. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. And I love that how you said it's not medically diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we you can't go to the doctor and someone's going to go, oh, you're, you got, you're, you're, your diagnosis is burnout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually not, um, a medic- it's not defined as a medical condition. So if you were to see a doctor and say, hey, doc, I'm not feeling great, I feel really tired or something, um, usually the doctors get kind of stumped. They're like, oh, there's nothing actually wrong with you. We can send you off all these tests and blood mm. tests, but everything comes back normal. But you're just really really tired and you can't get answers but a lot of this is due to stress related um sorry work-related stresses yeah yeah and it's huge in in, in australia work-related stress oh, is totally. absolutely huge um and you know if you're listening to this podcast and you have those signs and symptoms please keep listening to the podcast we're going to get to the end to see how it can help you we can we can assist you and food mainly so body's going to go through that so that's that's awesome so yeah so like you said doctors just don't know what to do when they come to that and then later on it gets developed to diabetes to to cardiovascular issues to obesity so it's kind of like it starts off as this like minor little thing and it turns out into this major thing and we just don't know where it started when it all started with work stress yeah, I definitely feel that stress is one of the most detrimental things that, that to human health. Like, you know, uh, you know, things like diet and um, lack of sleep. But I definitely think stress can be a major killer for people, especially in this modern day. Yeah, and a lot of people, do, if we do go to the doctors, they'll just go, oh, you're stressed, or it's because of stress. And you just kind of be like, oh, I'm sick of hearing it. Like, what is the real reason? And it's like, no, no, no. That is the reason why you're feeling and you have this disease that you have is because of stress. So you, exactly what you said, you're, you're exactly right. We need, to, we need to put a bit more awareness of stress and what it does to our health out there. So that's exactly why we're doing po- these podcasts like these. So Bonnie, what is the usual approach to burnout um, and how does this affect the person? So what is the goal of general treatment if someone comes to you, for example, with, with burnouts or, or to a doctor, what would be different and what is the general treatment around that? Yeah, so I guess with the general treatment, it would be time off work, right? So that is, think of that as the, the last resort. So you're totally burnt out and you're, you're needing treatment. So a lot of it is taking time off work. And for some people, it can take weeks to months before returning to work. And as an entrepreneur or someone who runs their own business, this can be more of a stress because if their work is their main source of income, 
it's like, where else are you going to get that another source of income from? So it, you definitely don't want to get to that state. Um, some people can also be so well from exhaustion and dehydration. They might collapse and even get admitted into hospital for IV hydration. And that's for really serious cases. Um, but the good news is that modern society recognizes burnout and how detrimental it is to health. So the goal of general treatment is just to reduce workload and chronic stress. Okay. So usually it will just be taking time off. And I mean, if you work a nine to five job and you have some leave, you know, unless you've got so much pressure and you can be like, okay, cool. I can take a week off or two weeks off and so forth. Um, and we're lucky kind of in Australia where we guaranteed four weeks off, unlike the U S or in other countries where what they get like hardly anything. So, and like you said, if you're an entrepreneur, it might actually bring on more stress if you're taking time off work. So this yeah, is totally. where we say you need to look after your health at every single stage. Isn't that right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, 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 so that's the usual approach to it. So how, how, how can someone avoid professional burnout? So how can someone who is an entrepreneur and being like, I can't take any time off because it's detrimental to my business. How can they avoid professional burnout to not get to that stage? Yeah, definitely. Prevention will be your best bet, like kind of chipping away at it at a time rather than letting yourself be bottled up and then you're having this massive meltdown or explosion or you just drop down. Like you really don't want to get that to that point. So I would recommend to incorporate daily self-care routines with the aim to fill your own cup so you can give your best to your work because it's unsustainable and dangerous to manage a, a business whilst your cup is running on empty Say you wouldn't drive your car if the fuel tank is critically low. So you would stop and you fill it up. The same goes for your body needs. I definitely would recommend eating proper meals for the right nutrients to give you consistent energy and to improve focus and mood. So definitely nutrition plays a massive role. Um, and having the self-awareness into how you're feeling and recognize what your body is asking for. Is it sleep? Is it good nutrition, sunshine, a waking off, a massage? So what is it that your body needs to recover? Like listen carefully and I shall give it to your body because that's ultimately that's going to help you the most. And also to set healthy boundaries for work and personal use of your time. So as I was saying, it can get kind of blurry when you're working your own hours and you can kind of tend to overwork at times. So setting like time limits for yourself, I'm going to be working from this time to this time and I'm switching off. And that's really critical for having that balance. Mm, so filling, so yeah, having your cup, making sure that your cup is full, your self-care, making sure that you're sleeping, that you're eating the right diet and that you're setting boundaries. That, that, that's, that's kind of essentially what you would do to avoid burnout. Um, and, and it's kind of like the similar in recovery, avoiding in recovery would kind of be similar. Is that right? Mm, yeah, yeah. But, um, in terms of actually... Um, do you mean like um, recovery, the actual recovery process? Yeah, yeah. It would be. I guess it's a little bit more intensive, wouldn't yeah. it? Because you're already quite burnt out. You're, you might be, um, you know, stuck in bed and you, have it, you find it really difficult to get out of bed. So obviously the way we approach it is a little bit more intensive. Um, yes. Number one is if, you're, if you recognize that you have burnout, um, best thing to do is to get enough sleep. So there are so many entrepreneurs who are, you know, missing out on sleep so they can tick off their to-do list. But in actual fact, you really need to start there. Like don't ever compromise your sleep just to get more stuff done because if you're not sleeping enough how are you supposed to be i guess functioning optimally to give your best during your work 
So just remember, if you don't sleep enough, your body can't regulate inflammation, fight infection and illness, and recover from stress. So if you were, if you picked up, for example, a, like a bacterial infection or a viral infection, you need to be able to sleep to kick it out of you. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think it is with entrepreneurs just trying to smash things out and trying to work so many hours? Um, I guess it's. There's just a lot to do because especially if you run your own business and you're the main, the main like face of it, there's a lot to do. You know, you've got your, your social media, your marketing, you've got your admin, you've got to see your clients, do your service, do your thing. And there's just a lot going on. Even that handful, that list I just gave you, there was so much, there's so many hours involved there already. And then you want to be juggling, you know, your home life, your partner, your family, you know, like your own self-care. There's, there's a lot going on. So I definitely think, think entrepreneurs have this massive dream and we we want to achieve it but yeah it just takes um a bit of like organization hey yeah yeah a hundred percent it just takes it's kind of like we all have 24 hours and we're gonna make the most out of it it's like and then someone would think and go well how many how many hours of this 24 hours do i want to sleep and what bonnie is saying a lot of those hours you want to sleep to make sure that you're recovering well and to make sure that you have the energy and, and, and the drive to continue working. Because when you think about it, if you're not sleeping right, how are you going to achieve your goal? Your, your mind just going to be blurred, right? It's just going to be all over the place. And you think you're putting in the hours, but you're not getting the quality out. So with that sleep and avoiding burnout, you're getting so much more quality um, out to your, your audience, your, your clients. So yeah, and I- yeah go on. Yeah, and I like to say that it's not how many hours you put into your work, but how much work you actually get done. Because a lot of people can kind of procrastinate and kind of twiddle their thumbs because they're kind of distracted or they get brain fog. It's like if you're going to sit down and do your work, it's best if you kind of smash it out and get it done properly, get it done the first time rather than kind of, um, you know, waste your time. So I think that's a key difference there. Mm, and we've all been there. We've all been there, been like, oh, yes, I was at work for five hours. And it's like, what did you do? It's kind of like, ooh. Not much. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but on the other side, um, I, like on the other side where you said boundaries, we also have to understand that we don't have to be productive every single day. And that's what us as business owners and entrepreneurs want to do. We're like, all right, yesterday we're productive. We're going to be productive every single day. We need that rest 100%. So if someone who's listening to this podcast right now, right, is recognizing burnout in themselves from those signs and symptoms that you said, from everything that we've spoken about, how can they start their recovery holistically? What does that look like? I know you mentioned sleep, but is there anything else what, what this looks like, looking at a, um, talking from a holistic dietitian, what would that look like? Oh, yes. There's one, a massive one, um, making sure you're avoiding strenuous exercise, such as intense cardio and hits, and even replacing it with just walking outdoors and just stretching. Because if you were overtraining when you're already quite fatigued, it only causes more stress on the body. Yeah, so, and a lot of people do F45, do um, all those other places and do those things because they think it's going to give them energy. Yep, yep. And, and let's be real, like the, like most business owners, entrepreneurs, they're kind of high achievers. They want to get, get their work done. They want, not only they want to perform well in work, but they also want to kind of push themselves, hey? They want to test their limits and see what their body can do. And sometimes they want to squeeze a high-intensity exercise within because it's a short amount of time. But if you're really tired and stressed out, you don't want to be pushing yourself further from um, high-intensity exercise. 
So will that create more strain on the body? Ah, yes, totally. Exercise itself increases cortisol. And if your cortisol is quite high, which is your, your natural um, stress hormone in the body, you're just building it more and more. You need to try and get it down, not higher. <laughs> so so what, what would bring it down? What exercise? Yeah, like, if someone wants to exercise, what would yeah. bring it down? Well, yeah, like, um, like even just walking, like you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be like a brisk walk where it's really boring, but even just like a, <laughs> like you can quicken it a little bit, like, um, like a power walking kind of way. Um, but yeah, it's nothing too strenuous. You get like a light sweat, but it's nothing where you're panting really heavily and you know, you're, you're losing your vision. Like it's just some sort of movement. Even yoga is lovely. Yoga and stretching is a good way to really move your body, move your lymphatic system around, but also like not stress yourself out more. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And listen to podcasts when you're walking like this one. Exactly. How is she meant to absorb the information? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get moving. <laughs> so is there anything else for sleep besides uh, sleeping a little bit more like the recovery to so sleep and it's kind of like not exerting yourself with exercise and doing more yoga and more walking types? Yeah. Um, it's also important to avoid excess stimulants such as um, coffee and refined carbohydrate foods such as like white flour and added sugar. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in a sec, but yeah, if you're, if you're constantly going towards these types of foods, you're only going to make yourself feel worse. So taking them out, especially when you're recovering from burnout is essential. Yeah. And when you think about it, you think about business professionals, they just love their coffee and their stimulants and they love their heavy carbohydrates because it gives them energy, right? <laughs> and it's convenient if it's already done. Like if you go down the street, there's a bagel shop or croissant, it's, it's there. You just grab it, you go, go back to work. So it's very easily accessible. Yeah. I just drooled <laughs> like yum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You're right. It's easily accessible. And that's where, um, like you said, organization is key with being, with being a business professional. All right. So, so what, so you're, you're a dietitian, right? So I wanted to find out what role does food play in professional burnout in both getting professional burnout and coming out of professional burnout? What, what, what role does food have in it? Oh, a massive one, really. Um, so a key one that I do talk to my clients about is blood sugar, blood sugar control. Um, especially if you say, if you're starting off your morning with refined carbohydrates, such as, you know, cereal, toast, and orange juice, it won't give you sustained energy. Instead, you'll get this spike in blood glucose an hour or so after eating and then a drop, a drop in blood sugar. And this is called hypoglycemia. And that is what causes the drop in energy, the poor concentration and the mood swings. So, and then if say you were to have a sandwich like a couple hours later and another juice, you end up going on this roller coaster ride of high and low blood sugar levels. And this itself causes more stress in the body. Yeah. And, and that sounds like a normal business professionals type of diet, doesn't it? Yep. 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 A very, it can be quite a typical Australian diet, to be honest. Like, um, and it, it's all as easily accessible, you know, your cereal, your toast, you grab it, you take it and you walk out the front door. So yeah, these types of foods, like you want to be, um, being aware of like how much you're consuming and the times of day makes a big difference. Yeah. So you mentioned blood sugar levels, right? Um, and blood sugar control and things like that. So what role does that have in regards to being stressed out? What, how, does that, how does that link to stress? 
Yeah. So if you're having, say, uh, refined carbohydrates with, with, in, with, without enough um, protein and healthy fats to stabilize them, you get this, um, you get a, um, hyperglycemic event, which is like you get a, a spike in blood sugar levels. And then an hour and a half or so later, it, you have this drop in blood sugars. So that's a hypoglycemic event. And so when you drop your blood sugar so suddenly, that is a major stress response. And your body has to save you by releasing cortisol from your adrenal gland. So cortisol gets elevated to 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 kind of stabilize your blood sugars because one of cortisol's roles is to increase insulin um, resistance to, and allow glucose to come out of your liver cell. So it's to it's to help balance out your blood sugars. But in order for your body to get from sugar to cortisol to save you, that's again that's a stress response. And if you were to keep going from having you know um, a high carb breakfast and a high carb lunch, for example, like I said, you have this highs and lows the whole day. So it's, it's really not good for burnout. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of like a roller coaster you're going on every day if you if you're eating that type of food. Mm-hmm, exactly yeah. and it feels like that you feel irritable you feel hangry and grumpy and it's a stress response for a reason because when your blood sugars are dropped it's, a, it's, a, it's dangerous so the body makes you fight or flight it makes you find the, the closest thing to give you that rapid spike in blood sugar again so people can get mood swings and they want a chocolate bar and then they're oh i feel good again like you've seen the mars bar ad before yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they're playing on that, and it's true. That's what happens in our biochemistry on a on a level. Yeah, uh, but we shouldn't probably give you give yourself a chocolate bar to feel better because that's like the opposite of what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for the normal business professional that actually has a muffin and a coffee, right? That in itself, what you said, just pushes everything up, right? And then it has the massive drop, and then you do it again at lunch, and then you do it again at dinner. And then you do it five, six times a week. That in itself, what does that do? That 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 that's is that chronic stress? Is that is that what it is? Actually, you said three times a day. It's actually more for people. Like it can be breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon wow. tea, dinner, and maybe even dessert. Like maybe up to six times a day. And yet, if you multiply across the week, it, it's quite um, accumulatively, and that's already. So you got to think of how that um, adds up. Like. If you're moody and cranky and you can't concentrate, it only piles on the stress of your external factors, right? So are you able to concentrate? Are you giving out bad, like, you know, not the, not the correct information to your clients? And that emotionally stresses you out. So I guess that's more short-term, but long-term, you're going to be dealing with the consequences of, um, like, having those minor stresses becoming bigger stresses. Yeah, so it not only impacts your health, but it also impacts your business because of the work that you're giving to your clients. I love that 100%. link that you just made. I love that link that you just made. It's kind of like you want to give your best workout, but with those ups and downs and seven times a day or something, that's crazy. With those ups and downs, you're not going to be able to provide the quality content, the quality service product to your clients. Yeah, I love that. So what what would... What food would you kind of switch it with and do the opposite? Like, what what do you, what are you trying to achieve? Are we trying to achieve a straight line? Are we still trying to achieve ups and downs? Like, what is what are we trying to achieve to get optimal? Uh, definitely, like not spiking your blood sugar so early in the morning would be key, and we do that by incorporating more protein and healthy fat um, into each meal because protein and fat is digested quite slowly compared to carbohydrates. 
it. So if you were having, for example, um, like eggs, you know, a couple of eggs with some avocado, that, um, that would be a lovely combination. And then that will keep you going for a while. Like if you can incorporate like maybe some cooked spinach, like any, any chance to throw in some vegetables, hey? But <laughs> something like that compared to say your cereal, toast and OJ and just see the difference. Just see how you feel because one is high in protein and beautiful fats. They, they get digested slowly. Your blood sugars don't have that massive spike and then a drop. Instead, it's more of a gradual, like gradual um, increase and a slowly tapering off. And then mm. you have this consistent energy, focus, and hunger. The beautiful thing is, is you don't actually feel that hungry all the time. You don't have that hunger sensation all the time. Yeah, I love that you said beautiful fats because there's been we could like do a whole different podcast just about fats one yes. day because <laughs> it's got such a bad name. And you said beautiful fat, and a lot of people be like, "What beautiful fat? Like that doesn't make any sense." Yeah, <laughs> so it's been that. demonized for long enough. It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're saying it's good. Yes, fat is definitely really important for us. Um, and I think it's because when people tend to have low-fat diets and they replace the fat calories with carbohydrates and that's where it kind of goes haywire. Um, and then, yeah, it's just that imbalance. But once you kind of do this like switch, you feel a massive difference to your energy and your concentration. Yeah. That, yeah, that's awesome. So whoever's listening, try and switch your breakfast, your lunches to get that sustained energy. But I have a question for you. I thought I'll chuck this in here and this comes as a surprise for you is fasting. So in the morning, does fasting raise our blood, uh, blood um, glucose level? Does it give us that up and down? Does our, what, what effect does fasting have on what we just spoke about? Yeah, so overnight fasting is really critical. So if you think of after you've eaten your meal, like dinner time, you store your carbohydrates and your your your, your fats and your proteins into your body. So um, especially, let's just say, for example, the carbohydrates. The carbohydrates get stored into the liver glycogen cells and the muscle cells as glycogen. So they're just like change of sugar that our bodies will utilize when we're low in sugar, uh, low in energy. And so you do, you go to bed, and you have an overnight fast. So just think of that. And then in the morning, um, you do your, your, what happens is your blood sugars rise uh, naturally because your cortisol is actually highest in the morning. So around 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Uh, and your blood sugars start to increase to give you energy to start off your morning, right? So that's a very natural process. You're supposed to be releasing the stored sugars from your liver glycogen. And so... When people are fasting, that's fine. Like if they're metabol metabolically able to, so if their body is um, suitable, like they can tolerate it, like fasting for up until, you know, mid-morning or afternoon, depending on how they're feeling, is actually great because you're actually just burning off the stored sugar in your liver and your muscle glycogen. So you're just using up your liver stores. And then so it's really good for people who don't have appetite in the morning. They wake up. They might have a bit of nausea or they just don't feel like eating. Um, fasting for a couple like for next for a couple more hours can actually really help that person build up that appetite. But yeah, but use up some of that stored sugars. But yeah, it just depends on the person. Not everyone can try like try like fasting straight away. It's just, it just really depends on the person. Yeah, and that's where um, individualized medicine is key, isn't it, right? And that's what people come to you with, and that's where you determine is this possible? Is this good for them? Is it not? Are they metabol metabolically able to do this would you know an egg and avocado be better or fasting so that's something that you would do as a holistic dietitian 
Yeah, I love that. So now that we've spoken about what food plays in professional burnout, what are some practical, I know we've spoken of a few here, here and there, but what are some practical and simple dietary tips for the audience to incorporate in their life to assist them with potential burnout? Yeah, so definitely if you're going to take anything away from this podcast, like definitely looking at your meal that's in front of you like, and just kind of think about like is it how much protein, fat and carbohydrates is on your plate and, and kind of just play around with the, your portion sizes, right? But it's just to say, for example, like brekkie, like if you're having like the, the, the scrambled eggs and avocado and it's cooked spinach with, with salt, that would be an excellent um, brekkie to keep you going. Or if you didn't like eggs, for example, you could have a chia pudding with protein powder, almond butter, and some mixed berries. So again, the um, the theme here is having a bit more fat and a bit more protein to keep you going. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. So having a chia pudding with some protein powder. What are your thoughts on protein powder? Yeah, it can be a good way to incorporate a little bit more protein for people, especially if um, someone doesn't digest like red meat, for example, or they don't eat um, like chicken or the, the vegetarian. Um, you know, some plant-based protein can be a good idea um, just to put in a little bit more. But in terms of the, I say put it in the chia pudding because chia pudding is chia seeds. So chia seeds is just um, the seeds. It's got the omega-3s in it, but it's quite a low protein um, brekkie compared to say the eggs for in comparison. So I'd say perhaps put a bit of protein powder in there, put up your protein, have the fats from the almond butter, put a little bit of carbs and antioxidants from the berries. So you've got quite a balanced uh, break you going on there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love chip pudding. I love it. It's so awesome. Do you make yours? Do you make yours overnight? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Is there, is there anything else that the audience can take away for simple tips? Yeah. Um, well, I've touched on coffee and caffeine, right? So yeah. I know there are people who are like, um, who work really hard and they, they just, they're kind of not unaware of how much coffee they have. When I ask them, how much coffee do you have? They're like, mm, <laughs> three, four, five. Like I, I've had, I've had some like really significant numbers and sometimes even double shots as well. Um, if you're able to like slowly wean off your caffeine and don't, don't send me hate mail for this, but yeah, you know, like the sound, <laughs> the sound thought of coming off coffee, it's like, it's like, it's like so hard for people, but in actual fact, it can be okay if you kind of go gentle. Like if you go cold turkey and you're quite dependent on it, of course, you're going to get the, the withdrawal symptoms of the headaches, right? But if you kind of go gentle on yourself from, say, four cups of coffee with one sugar each, you go down to maybe two cups and then you kind of go down to one cup um, and just slowly kind of take for yourself that way because your body... You, like, like, yeah, if your body was, if you cut it off completely, it's a big shock to your body because you've been functioning optimally with this coffee. You take it away and you're going to feel that fix. But if you do it slowly, like you'll be fine. Like seriously, it's, not, it's really not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how you said that, do it slowly and don't just cut it out because there are some high benefits to coffee, um, just pure coffee. I'm not talking about the sugar. I'm not talking about the milk that goes with it. I'm just talking about coffee in itself has a lot of benefits, but yeah, winning off. And if you're just relying on that energy, and like you said, you've had some people with crazy amounts of coffee in there, in there every day. They don't drink water. They just drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and water is key, isn't it? Yeah. You need the hydration guys. <laughs> yeah. Get that in. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
putting, looking at the plate. So going back, sorry, I just got to, you said, look at the plate, look how much protein, how much fat and carbohydrates you have. What, I know you said for people to play around with it, but what should that look like roughly? Yeah, so I generally get my clients to really focus on protein because um, people tend to underestimate how much protein they're actually having and they're actually having too little. Um, when you're actually having whole like whole food protein, like you're getting fish and eggs and a little bit of red meat, and especially you're sourcing it from good quality um, places like grass-fed, like free-range chicken, um, it's it, like in terms of portion, like having like a, a decent portion. Like um, I know you know, with like conventional dietetics, it says like a palm size amount of protein, but that's actually quite, it's, it's very little. Like your palm size compared to say an 85 year old man who is a, you know, I'm uh, sorry, an 85 kilo male who's trying to be you know, a body lifter, a bodybuilder, but then their palm size is really different size to you. Right. So, and it's kind of like, like how are you cooking it? Like, like, uh, what else are you having it with? So in terms of the portion, like have like really focusing on the protein amount. So I try to get my clients to have around 100, 150 grams of um, the weight of the protein and just filling up with lots of vegetables, like maybe half your plate of different colored vegetables. Really important because if you're going to be having this much protein, you need to have the antioxidants, the phytonutrients to really prevent like the oxidative stress because you know, it's, it's still like, it's still an animal product, right? Like if you are having lots of plant foods with it, it neutralizes, I guess the, um, I guess the, um, like, um, what I'm trying to say is like, it just helps balances out the meal a bit better. And then you can play around with the fats and carbohydrates, depending on your, your training and how, what your needs are. Yeah. So the, the hundred to 150, is that cooked or raw? Uh, I'd say cooked. Yep, yep, yep. I always get, always get, I always get confused. I'm like, is it cooked? Is it raw? So yeah, so that that's absolutely amazing. I I love that how you said and and to play around with it and, and carbohydrates and fats depends if you're training on a day that you're not. So do you think um, individuals should eat the same thing every single day, or do you think it should vary on the days? Definitely listening to your body and have very like if you're the type of person who thrives on eating the same thing. I think that's really good, but also like if you're, you want to be making sure you're getting the different colors and different nutrients. Cause um, like in terms of like, you know, your animal protein, you're getting like different vegetables, you're getting healthy fats. Each food group has their own benefits. And so if you're getting a, a combination of them, you're getting um, more, as much nutrients as you possibly can. Mm, mm, beautiful, beautiful. That's awesome. So do you have any other practical tips for the audience to take into inspiration to avoid burnout or recover yes. from it? Yes, yes, definitely. This one is to get a blood test, um, especially for your iron, your vitamin B12, your vitamin D, because nutrient deficiencies can manifest as fatigue and exhaustion. And so if you were to fix these, you'll see a massive improvement in energy and mood just like that. So you don't have to keep depending on like the carbs and the coffee. So that was iron, vitamin D, B12. And was there another one? No, but I would also add thyroid because thyroid, thyroid would be a massive one too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you do you read those blood tests when someone comes to you? 
Yeah, yeah. So as a trained dietitian, um, we're, we're trained in interpreting blood test results. So I've worked in a hospital and I've worked in medical clinics before. So um, I'd write your doctor a, um, a letter for this blood test. You get it done and we go through the report together. It's really good for, for my patients to learn what what's happening inside their bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what role would these nutrients have? Do they give you energy? And like or when you're there low, they deplete you of energy? Yes. Um, so iron will be massive, especially um, like women, like women business owners or women in general because of our menstrual cycles. Like we bleed um, every month. So we're actually losing iron through our, our blood. And, and if you team that with um, not eating red meat, for example, or if you have gut malabsorption issues, you don't actually get enough iron within you. And iron is so vital for you to um, um, be able to carry hemoglobin, which is is um, the protein that carries oxygen in your red blood cells around your body. So what happens if you don't get enough oxygen around your body? You're going to be breathless and feeling really tired. So iron would be a really important one to get checked out, and that's called um, ferritin. So ferritin would be your iron stores in your body. Um, vitamin B12 is needed for um, you to actually make your red blood cells. So if you don't have enough, um, your red blood cells they recycle and they get bigger and bigger and they just don't carry oxygen well, um, as efficiently as well. Um, and yeah, you can get like the symptoms like the brain fog and the fatigue if you're vitamin B12 deficient. Again, if you're vegetarian, vegan, if you don't eat red meat, you need to get iron and B12 tested. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's a different that's a different perspective to look at. I love that you put that in there to actually just see where your body is at the moment so then you can see where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's that. really underrated. Yeah, it's not just about, you know, band-aiding with some, you know, more coffee and more carbs, but actually <laughs> what does your body need? Like if you're deficient in something and you're craving certain things, like 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 we've got to listen and find out what your body's missing. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's perfect to work with a professional like yourself that's able to, because sometimes we, we're so confused. We're like, oh, we don't know what's happening. And it's good to sit down with someone like yourself and you go, okay, what's actually happening for your body? And then you explain it to them. So I love that. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to put in? Mm, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like definitely yeah. um, having a more protein and a healthy fat brekkie and reducing caffeine and getting blood tests. Those would be my three yeah, main those- tips. That's, that's awesome. That's definitely somewhere where the audience can start. Get a blood test, have a look at your coffee intake and look at you, the way you're eating with that blood sugar control, getting a bit more protein and good fats in there. I love that. that. That is absolutely amazing. So if you get anything out of this podcast, those three things, go and get blood test and then get someone like Bonnie to interpret it and understand where you're going and how you can improve. So to finish off, like, to, I ask all my guests, because this is the Natural Health Podcast, what is your best kept natural health hack? What is yours, Bonnie? I'll definitely say it's having a growth and abundance mindset because a lot of the times we can make ourselves sick just with the, with the stories that we repeat to ourselves and that brings up fear and resistance. So our thoughts are powerful and can change our body's biochemistry. So what you say to yourself and how you cope with stress is vital in staying consistent and thriving in your own business. Yeah, so that, that is also awesome. How do you do that? Well, <laughs> just having that self-awareness because I guess, like I said, like growing up, I, I didn't have a growth mindset. It was a quite a, a closed, limited mindset, like not enough, lack, 
la da da. So it's more like having that self awareness, and it's it's uncomfortable, like totally. Like when you start to realize you're having these this type of、um, mentality, it's really uncomfortable, and having to change and grow out of it.、Um, It takes a lot of work, but I think at the at the other end of it, you're gonna feel so good and so alleviated from that pressure and that stress. Because once you have an abundant and growth mindset, you don't feel fearful anymore. You don't have that sense of resistance that you fight as well anymore. So if you're not fighting your thoughts, you can feel free and feel healthy. That that's very powerful. I love it. That is definitely a health hack, and that is definitely gonna change not just your health; it's gonna change your whole world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So I yeah. love that. I love that. So we've come to the end of this absolutely amazing podcast interview with Bonnie. For the listeners who want to connect with you, they've heard you and they're like, "I've got my blood test. I've had a look at my caffeine. I've changed my diet, and they want to come see you and give you all this information." Where can they find you? And I know that you have a special deal、um, for the individuals that are listening to this podcast. Where can they find you? And what's the special deal? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Beyond Nutrition Wellness, and my website is www.beyondnutritionwellness.com.au.、Um, and yeah, so for all the listeners here on this podcast, I'm offering a 30-minute free consultation to help get you started in recovering from burnout and to get you feeling healthy and normal again using food as medicine. And that's huge. You get 30 minutes free for free. I was like <laughs> going to stutter. You get 30 minutes for free with Bonnie to look at your own health and see how you can better yourself and your health. That is huge. That is absolutely amazing. So thanks so much for offering that, and jump on it and get in touch with her. I'm going to put down her Instagram and her website so you're able to access it.、Um, do you have anything else to say while we close off? Um, I, yeah, definitely looking at your mindset. Like it's going to be real important. Like if you want to be growing your business, you want to be growing、um, your passion. Like you want, you need to be able to believe in yourself and you believe in your worth. Like if you say to yourself, "Can I really do this? Do people want to buy from me?" And you, like all these barriers and limitations that if any of this pops up, it's going to really inhibit your growth, right? So having that. Mindset and being really holistic in how you look at your health, your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, even spiritual health can really help you grow your business. I love that. That that just summed it all up. That that was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Thank you for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. And remember, the missing link between failure and success is your health.